We at Refuge Ministries are so blessed by the success of Refuge Freedom Stories and podcasts. In addition, we focus on youth prison ministry, release kits, and many other diverse outreaches to the needs of our community. As a nonprofit, there are many costs involved, however, and we are asking for your support. Financial gifts can be made via our website at www.refugeministriescanada.com or by calling 519-701-0108. Your giving makes this work possible, and we thank you in advance for your support. God bless you. Welcome to Refuge Freedom Stories. My guest today is Patricia Doucette. She's a wife, a mother, a blogger, a writer, a pianist, an artist, and a Christian who's on a mission to take other midlife women with her on a journey from broken to beloved. Patricia, welcome to the show. We're so happy that you're here. I'm happy to be here. Thank you yes. for the opportunity. Being a Christian lady, we obviously all don't start life that way. So maybe you could start off by telling me what led you to that decision in your life. How was your journey of faith started and how did you work your way through that? My journey of faith started, as I remember, when I was five years old at a church kids camp and we sang the song, Into My Heart, Into My Heart, Lord Jesus. And I remember inviting him into my heart to be my friend and my savior with as much as I could understand at that time. Yep. So that awesome. was the beginning of it all. I was brought up in a Christian home, went to church and Sunday school as often as the church doors were open. I was very familiar with church. So I grew up with that background, went on to go to Bible college, got married and had three children and got very, very busy working at the church, trying not to make any mistakes, trying to be the perfect wife and mother and sister and employee and all those things that we do too many plates spinning and I got burnt out mm. yes I understand that as we were talking before the show and I, I've said it to a few people that life has to be manageable to be meaningful mm -hmm. absolutely I knew God I knew him I knew he loved me and I knew he was there and I loved him and I wanted more than anything to please God since I was a little girl but I tried too hard to please him tried to keep the rules, tried not to make any mistakes. And I don't know about you, but if you try not to make any mistakes, that's your first mistake right there. <laughs> <laughs> True enough. <laughs> because it's impossible. You can wear yourself out for a while. So I ended up bottling everything and stuffing everything. And I had some anxiety and some depression, but nobody knew life looked good from the curve, kept everything inside. I was your typical church lady, I like to say. I looked the part, I played the piano, I worked in the nursery, I did worked in the men, women's ministry. And whenever anybody asked me to do something, I did it. Besides working at a bank and having three children and several other businesses. 
So you can see it was a recipe for burnout. We all think we're doing the right thing by being busy for God, but that's not always the truth. We have to really know that he's called us to do something, Mm -hmm. to be in the right place at the right time, if you want to look at it that way. Absolutely. I thought if you followed all the church rules, kept the Ten Commandments, followed all the rules, then everything would turn out okay. Your marriage would be okay. Your parenting would be okay. Your relationships And I had to live a while to find out that that just isn't true. That's just not real life. It's not reality. And I think that society, when they look at us as Christians, a lot of times they think, oh, they just say life is perfect and everything's good and just accept Jesus and everything will be okay. But that's just not the case. We all have issues to work through. We all have mountains to climb and valleys to work our way through. And you probably started to see some things unraveling around you Mm -hmm. and How did you recognize that? And how did you deal with that when you believed that you were in the right place with God and in the church? Well, I knew for years that things just weren't right, but I didn't know what to do about it. God is such a loving God that he always sees up ahead. And we think we have to fix everything and make everything work out all right. And he's just waiting for us to say, you can't do it. Just give it up and and, and give it all to me. But we want to hang on because we think pleasing God means arranging it all ourselves and make it happen ourselves. So we kind of set ourselves up for brokenness, I like to say. And soon after that, I developed thyroid cancer and I had three serious neck operations. And at the age of 40, I had the third one, what was called a radical neck operation. And just before they put me under, the surgeon looked in my face and said, I did forget to tell you earlier that when you wake up, you may not have a voice. Yeah. And that's all I remember, because in the neck, it's close to the vocal cords. So I thought, oh, take me now, God, I'm, I'm ready to go to heaven now. <laughs> when I woke up, I, that's the last thing I remember. I tried my voice with a whisper, and, and obviously, I, I still had my voice. And at that time, before I said this small whisper to see if I still had my voice, I said, God, if you will give me my voice back for the second time, I promise you, I will use it for you, whatever way you want me to. And all these years later, I am on a podcast, and if you had told me I'd be podcasting and using my voice in this way, I would have said, no, I'm too shy. I want to be in the background. But This many years later, here I am using my voice to bring glory to him. Well, isn't that always his way? When you were just talking about that and you said when you woke up, you whispered, isn't that how God talks to us? The Bible says he has a small, still voice. And it's so important to have our ears open to hear that small, still voice. Mm -hmm. So where did he take you from there? From there, I was just beginning my journey of brokenness. After that, I ended up going through a divorce. And for a church lady, that's a big no-no. It was all right. I rushed into another marriage too soon and had another divorce. So by that time, my children are grown up. I'm not at my church anymore. And I am a broken woman asking God, why? Didn't I do this? Didn't I do that? And I remember that still small voice that you spoke of whispering, saying, but I didn't ask you to do all that. Mm-hmm. I didn't ask you to do all that. I just wanted you to love me and be in relationship with me and let me love you. And it was such a freeing moment, being totally broken, having lost everything that I felt I had so carefully put together that God wanted me to. And I felt like glass doll shattered 
in many pieces on the floor and looking at that doll and saying, God, I can't put that back together. It's true. I couldn't put it back together. So that's five or six years ago now. And I found God to be the most real in my life when I was the most broken. And I gave him all the pieces. And I don't know if you're familiar with the story of a child who brings a toy to a parent that's broken in many pieces to fix. And it's like when we bring our broken pieces to God to fix, he will fix them. Now, sometimes we're impatient and we don't wait for him to do it. But when you're as broken as I was, you just want God to do it his way. Finally, you don't want to do it your way anymore. That's so true. And some people find it easy to give those things over to God and other people find it a real struggle. It would have been a struggle for me earlier because I didn't see myself as the person that had to keep it all together. But looking back, yeah, I was that church lady. All right. (laughs) You get it right or else, you know, and yeah, my kids are great. I have a good relationship with them. It's a okay. They love Jesus. It's all good. (laughs) But yeah, I was that church lady. (laughs) (laughs) Cookie cutter, right? Yeah. Not anymore. I attend church and I have a relationship with the Lord Jesus and he loves me in all my brokenness. And he's the one that put me back together. Was I reluctant to give him the pieces? Not, not where I was. Not when, I, when you're that broken. I wasn't then. I was more than willing to give him the pieces. And he's looking for a willing heart, isn't he? When we get to the place, he gives us enough leash to let us get to that place where we finally look up and say, how did I get here? I can't find a way out. That's it. There's no way out. You know, the only way you can look is up. When I think of Peter on the water and God just put out his hand and and reached out for him. And I felt like that was me. I just was, was drowning. He thought he could do it in his own strength. And that just came to me right now. I hadn't even thought of that previously. He thought, oh, I can walk on the water. Not when he stopped looking to Jesus, he fell. But Jesus was faithful to reach out his hand. He didn't say, well, it's your own fault. You should have kept looking at me. He reached and he reaches out his hand for us in our brokenness. However, whatever that brokenness looks like. So as you move forward with your brokenness and you started to really develop that deeper relationship with the Lord, you talk about helping other women to be victorious over those things in our life. How did that open up to you? The avenues, the doors, the pathway that you followed to get to where you are now? Well, it happened one one step at a time. As I was faithful in that one step, he would show me the next step. Of course, I remarried to a wonderful Christian man, and that was God's doing for sure. And I had always wanted to write a book, and I thought, well, now is the time. So the book I am working on is called From Broken to Beloved. It's a journey for midlife women who find themselves broken after trauma, grief, and loss, because that's where I was. I had experienced trauma, grief, and loss. And it was like the Lord said to me, there are many women out there, many women that maybe are hiding in their grief, because I hid for a lot of years behind brokenness. But then when it was obvious that I was a broken person, it was so freeing. And then I was able to share with other women and speak. And now I have a website and I'm writing this book and I'm podcasting and I'm not afraid anymore to be broken because God loves me, even though I'm broken. So I don't try to hide it anymore. It's okay. There's a lot of victory in confession, yeah. not yeah. just 
confession of sin, but confession to God that we are broken, confession yeah. that we need him, confession that we can't do it on our own. Those things bring liberty in our lives. And I know that the past couple of years, we talk about prayer as believers. I've always been mindful of prayer, probably not as much as I should be. But in the last couple of years, just the Lord's been speaking to me more about that personal relationship, having that conversation like I'm having with you, except I'm having it with Jesus. Right. Yeah. And I think that that's a big foundational help on that journey from brokenness to beloved, as you said. Yeah. So we don't have to perform anymore. I think of two verses, um, one in Romans 8 and 1, it says, there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And many times we will condemn ourselves and we will feel condemned by others, whether it's coming from them or not, we feel it. And then there's another verse, and I can't remember where it is right now, but it says, our righteousness is like filthy rags to him. So when we try to do the godly thing in our own strength. That's not faith or trust. That's not what God wanted because he knows we're going to be stressed because he knows we can't do it. So it's so freeing. And I just have such a sense of gratitude that the Lord has put me where he's put me now to, to be free, to be who he created me to be so I can help other women be who God created them to be in spite of their brokenness, perhaps. I think there's two things there that you talked about. One was not having our faith in God based on works. Right. Because we can't have a works-based faith because then Jesus died for nothing. Absolutely. Right? And the other thing you talked about was purpose mm -hmm. and having purpose in life and how important it is that we plug into knowing by listening to God, by spending time with God, knowing what that purpose is. And it may be something completely outlandish and something we would never expect, as you said. We just need to be open to letting God lead and guide us like that. What kind of things did he reinforce that to you with? Because as you said, you're kind of like Peter stepping out onto the water, being a somewhat shy person and speaking in public or speaking over the podcast, whatever it may be. So as he pushed you towards this path in your life, his purpose for you, mm -hmm. you would have been a little bit uncomfortable with that. So how did he reassure you that you were taking the right steps? I think it was because of the gratitude I felt in him putting me back together so beautifully that I couldn't have done myself. And it's at what he sees is beautiful, maybe not what anybody else sees is beautiful, but we want to be who he wants us to be, not who anybody else thinks we should be. And that's so freeing. So I think gratitude in what he had done for me gave me a sense of boldness and some vulnerability that it's okay. I think I answered your question, but yeah, gratitude, yeah. I think just thankfulness for what he did for me when I didn't deserve it. None of us do. And when he could have said, look, you put yourself there, you did this. I didn't, but he doesn't do that. He's so loving and gracious and forgiving and gentle. And he knows us. He made us yeah. in his own way, in his image, right? So he knows us. He knows our whole life from beginning to end. He knows the mistakes we're going to make, the bad decisions we're going to make, the, the end of the leash places we're going to be. As you've started to work with women and, and helping them to overcome these things in their lives, do you see a pattern with what's going on in society today? Can you talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. And just to back up a minute, it's interesting that you should mention purpose because I'm studying now to be a Christian purpose, life purpose coach. Mm. Interesting, you should mention that. But in these last few years, I think people have gone into hiding uh, in ways that 
society has made it easy for them to hide behind their computer, behind their door. So maybe brokenness isn't as obvious as it otherwise might have been. And the Lord has given us this tool of the internet and Zooming and, and how we connect. And we are privileged to be able to use that to get our message out there. And the message is never about us. It's about him and what not only he did for me, but what he can do for anybody listening. Do you see themes developing in society with the women you've worked with, with the, maybe the articles you've read or the books that you've read? Because you're right, COVID certainly did a lot of things in driving people into a kind of hermit type life. People could take on personas and could pretend to be somebody else. As you said, it's very easy to do over the internet. As they kind of close in on themselves, you think that that would be far more stressful for them than walking out in the world, maybe hiding behind that mask. Do you find that you're getting more interest from people that have been closed in because of the last couple of years? I think so. And people will feel safe maybe behind their computer. So they may be a little more vulnerable than they might be face to face which is good in some ways, not good in other ways, because we were created for relationship. And this will do, but it's second best, but we're thankful for it. But I think that women today, anybody, but especially midlife women who I um, work with are looking for sincerity. They're looking for someone to be real. They just want a real person that will be who they are. They don't want anybody being religious. They want somebody to be real and genuine. And I think that's what the Lord would have us to be. I agree. We need to represent Jesus to those around us, our loved ones, our relatives, our coworkers, our neighbors, people at the store, whatever it may be. And it's not always a big billboard type expression of, of Jesus. Sometimes it's the smallest little thing that can touch somebody's heart. And they would think, why would you do that for me? Mm -hmm. And the Lord will show you those things. It could be a card. It just be, it could be a Facebook message, a text, anything. And if you ask the Lord to put it on your mind, he will. And it's such a wonderful way to live. And I wish I could have relaxed earlier in my life and lived like this, but I'm happy that he's done so much for me that I'm, I just wake up every day excited on what he's going to do next. That's an awesome way to be. How would you encourage our listeners today with the challenges that maybe they're facing? What would you tell them to do in terms of taking those first steps to reach out for help and reality of finding God? The very first thing I would do is pray and ask for direction uh, and ask the Lord to show you who you can trust, to give you a connection with someone that can take you by the hand and care about you accept you as you are and give you some advice and listen to you. People want to be listened to. So I think that just praying and then um, trusting God that he will lead you to that person that can help you draw closer to him, perhaps. Those are all critical steps and moving forward for sure. Because of the last couple of years, a lot of church buildings have closed, but there are a lot of online groups that you can interact with and find a good community. It's so important to find a community of supportive believers that you can be open and honest with, that the people there can accept you for where you're at without judgment. As you said, Romans 8.1, there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. We're not dealers of the law. We're representing Christ who has an open heart for us just to come. 
Absolutely. We're living in a time that we have opportunities that we never, ever thought we would have. And if we just will ask the Lord to show us what to do. And for that lady or someone who's listening that feels very broken, God does see them as he saw me and he has a way out for them. Always, always he has a plan. Like I say, you take one step at a time and then he'll show you the next one. Seems impossible, but he's the God of miracles and he will do it. So if people want to find out more about your ministry and your help, where would they find you? They could go to my website, frombrokentobeloved.com. And from there, they could be led to my YouTube channel or Facebook. And the Lord showed me how to use YouTube. So I upload some of my piano in Oregon. And I'm so excited about that because now I'm getting ready to put up some Easter music. And I want to help women be who God created them to be. So in my website and the book I'm writing, I'm encouraging them to discover maybe what they left behind, what talents and abilities God gave them that they can grab onto to help others as well. Well, thank you so much for being on the show, Patricia. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you here. Let us know when your Easter music comes out. On YouTube. Well, okay, on YouTube. Yeah, okay. So we can watch, okay, we'll watch on YouTube to see your Easter music when it comes out. And I'm confident that it's going to bless everybody. So oh, thank, thank you. you again so much for being here. All the best. Thank you. It was a pleasure.
I hope that you have enjoyed the last half hour as much as I did. Thank you again to Refuge Ministries Canada for hosting the show. So until next Friday, may God richly bless you with peace, love, and happiness. We at Refuge Ministries are so blessed by the success of Refuge Freedom Stories and podcasts. In addition, we focus on youth prison ministry, release kits, and many other diverse outreaches to the needs of our community. As a nonprofit, there are many costs involved, however, and we are asking for your support. Financial gifts can be made via our website at www.refugeministriescanada.com or by calling 519-701-0108. Your giving makes this work possible, and we thank you in advance for your support. That's 519-701-0108. God bless you.